Tesic presents Let's Tech About It, a technology and education podcast where we talk to educators around the province of Newfoundland and Labrador about how they incorporate technology into their teaching practice. Hi, my name is Michael Walter, and you're listening to a Tesic podcast, Let's Tech About It. With us today, we have Melanie Forward, who will be sharing her adventures with tech in the classroom. So, let's tech about it. Hi, Melanie. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, Michael. Uh, my name is Melanie Forward. I'm the teacher librarian at St. Teresa's, which is a fairly large school uh, with both English and French immersion streams in St. John's. And I'm lucky enough that my teaching assignment is 100% teacher librarian. Oh, wow. That's great. it's fantastic. I feel like I won the lottery when I got this job. So I've been there for about two years now uh, as the teacher librarian. Wow. Full time. That is, that is the dream. It really is. Um, Like there's never a day where you think you can't face it because if you're having that kind of a day, you can just always change what you're going to do and then you can face it. It's such a, an ever changing role that, you know, you can always make it work. Yeah, really. Yeah, it's fantastic. As a fellow teacher librarian, I can tell you I am quite jealous. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just so lucky to have that, uh, that full-time role. Wow. All right, so um, why don't you tell us about a project that you've worked on with the class that you'd like to highlight? Okay. Um, you know, it was really funny because when you first – uh, invited me to do the podcast. I wasn't really sure if I was the right person for it. I was thinking, okay, like we have a lot of tech in our library learning commons. We use a lot of tech in our library learning commons. Um, but I think I was really looking at tech as electronics and uh. I felt like, okay, well, there's so many people who are doing so much more than we're doing. Like we're just getting started with some of our devices. We still had some things, Uh, that hadn't even been taken out of the boxes when COVID-19 like just led to school closures. 3D printers are still, tape still on the boxes. Uh, So we had a lot that, you know, was on hold. But then when I really started to think about it, like we've really been waiting through the whole adventures with tech, mostly low tech in the library learning commons on a daily basis this year. Uh, As a phase one school under the responsive teaching and learning policy, we've really been looking at ways to kind of embed social emotional learning and 21st century learning into our students' daily interactions. So a huge focus for me has been the addition of makerspace materials to our library learning commons. So that in addition to the tech skills that the kids are developing, they're working on the things like communication and collaboration and critical thinking and creativity, those four C's that we hear about a lot. Yeah, but, yeah, definitely. But they're learning so much more. Like they're learning time management. They're learning to work as a team to complete a project. They're learning to value other people's ideas, to try their own ideas and reflect and become more aware of their own abilities and ways they can improve. Um, they're learning so much about responsible decision making as they learn to reuse materials and take only what they need to complete a project. Um, This was something we really had to work together on to, you know, to make sure you only take what you need, leave stuff for others. It was a bit of a learning curve because we have a lot of, I don't know, like for lack of a better word, we have a lot of toys. So we came up with the phrase together that makers aren't takers. 
Uh, oh, you know, I like this. Yeah, so we had to, because we had a lot of stuff. Like, we have a button maker, and we had Rainbow Loom, and then some really nice acrylic charms and stuff to put on them. And we had to look at, you know, a reasonable amount of materials to use in one session and a reasonable number of the same item to make in any one week, for example, because I let them come in every day at lunchtime. Um, so, you know, oh, nice. there's, there's a lot going on there outside of the making, uh, a lot of skills that they're gaining. Um, so through the use of the makerspace materials, they're exploring lots of tech areas, uh, coding, arts and craft skills, jewelry making, crocheting, sculpting, watercolor paints. And it's really nice because oftentimes, like with 27 homeroom classes, I'll get to introduce Scratch or Microbit or Ozobots to a whole class. But then a small group of students, if they're really interested and they're really hooked, they can come to the Learning Commons at lunch and they can continue to work together and learn more about whatever area of coding or whatever particular device they're really interested in. Um, so yeah, so I open our makerspace every day at lunchtime, pretty much three days a cycle. I'm in there as part of my regular supervision and the rest of the time I'm in there because I really like to be in there. Um, and it's also a little, you know, I have a good system and it works. So I kind of just like to stay in there to keep it flowing. Um, <laughs> you know, I think as we get into it a second year and some teachers have been joining me in there, then I think I can let go of control of the space and let someone else take that over on days when I'm not on duty. But for now, uh, we've just got a good thing going and, you know, the, the students know the expectation and it's working for now to just be in there pretty much every day. Um, but wow, then, that's crazy. Yeah. It, and, you know, at first people were like, you're crazy. You can't do that every day. And I'm like, we have an hour for lunch. I just open it for grades four, five and six at lunchtime. So it's only half of my lunch that I'm in there. And, I, you know, I still have time to eat my lunch, do any prep that I have to do. Um, and, you know, when I'm in there, I can still do other things because everybody is involved in their own little project. And, you know, I'm just there to make sure if they have a question or that, you know, they have someone there that they can turn to. Yeah, it's true. It's like you're not like you're there direct teaching. No. Every, for everyone who's there. And it's really neat to just to see some of the stuff that's happening. Um, and then so we also do uh, as part of the phase one schools, our teachers do a teaching and learning team meeting. Um, each grade level does one one day of the cycle. So okay. we do what we call tiger time then, where the students rotate between gym, music, and the library while their teachers are in that meeting. So okay. that's when I, I still kind of do makerspace, but I focus more on like the non-consumable stuff, like the Lego, the Magnetiles, Connects. Um, so I meet with a different grade level each day of the cycle. Sometimes the materials are out with no prompts at all, and we just call it community time, and we talk about the skills they learn through play, they have about 20 minutes to work with the materials. We clean up. We have a quick sharing session on what worked, what didn't, what they learned, what they noticed. And then other days I might read a book and do some type of storybook stem to follow up or give them some sort of a problem um, using the materials they have. Wow, that is really interesting. Yeah, so I do that every morning of the cycle from 9 o'clock right until recess. And it's really nice to to just work with the students and see how – you know, the first time we tried this, this did not go well. But to see <laughs> where we were, uh, 
you know, by mid-March and to ju- the students just know. They know where everything goes. They know when they come in, what the expectation is. We sit here. We have a quick talk. We get to work. We pick it all up. We put it back. There, it's just, you know, it's starting to work like clockwork. Wow. That, that's neat. Yeah. So, and you, I guess through an entire cycle, you rotate through the entire school. You'll see all the kids. Yes. Yeah. So I see every student, every cycle. Uh, for Tiger time, and then a lot of times um, I'll see the kindergartens and grade ones for a separate activity with their classes, and then I'll see some of the older grades uh, for a separate, like a coding class or a small coding club or, uh, you know, like a literature, literacy type activity. Oh, that, that's great. Yeah, so it keeps you busy. Okay, I bet it does. <laughs> True, and I guess uh, I'm sure you're you're covering everything. You've got, like... Not just technology, books, and yeah. all the maker equipment, everything else. Yeah, we have so, it's a lot. so much maker materials. Like, our principal's been really supportive. Um, you know, once he saw the great things that were happening, it was just like, okay, well, let's get some more of this. Let's get one of these. Let's, you know, if, if we can prove our need for it, um, we've been really fortunate being able to add it to our maker space. Oh, that is great. Yeah, it's, it's, it's remarkable. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, what would you say your teaching philosophy is? Um, you know, I would say it is let's try. We don't know how it's always going to turn out, but let's try. And maybe I'll learn something in the process, too. Um, you know, I've never been one for quiet spaces or toddy places. So I think that works in the library learning commons. Um, I think some people were surprised when I took a job as a librarian because you expect quiet and you expect order. But then when we made the shift to library learning commons, it was a great fit because, you know, it's not noise, it's productive chatter. And it's, uh, you know, yes, I know. <laughs> it's creative, it's like the myth of the... creative chaos, right? Like, yes, I know where everything is. The students know where everything is. We have a system. You just have to observe for a little while to figure it out. Um, so I think that, you know, it's just, let's try, we might make a mess. We might have a disaster. Um, but it's let's try. That's, that's great. Uh, it's, it's true. There's still like the, uh, misconception of the library and walk around the library, shushing everyone every, t- every time they make noise, but it certainly is not. Yeah, no, it's certainly not the way, not the way anymore. Um, so how would you say using some of the technology you have been using has affected your students learning? Um, I think they're bigger risk takers. I think they're learning more about themselves as learners. And I, you know, I always tell them, like, especially if we're doing the community time and the play, that our purpose is not just to fill that 20 minutes of time, but our purpose is that they'll learn skills that they take to other places. So that if we're, you know, in a glut of indoor recesses and indoor lunch times because it's winter, that they have skills that now they can use in another environment, that they know how to play games together. They know how to build together. They know how to work together. Um, so, you know, that I think that's the biggest way it affects their learning is that those big transferable skills, they leave the library and go back to the classroom. They go to the playground. Uh, they go home with them. Well, that's a great way of looking at it. I, I don't know if I thought of that before. Yeah, it's really good. And how about the classroom management? Like, um, You know, I thought about that one, and 
sometimes people come in and they see like that I've got 50 or 60 students in the library at lunchtime and it's just me in there by myself. Like sometimes a teaching learning assistant will be there, but oftentimes it's just me and they poke their head in and they're like, are you okay? Are you okay? And they're really hoping I say, yes, I can see that. And, and, and I am okay. <laughs> and, you know, they're really amazed when they stay at how well things are going, because we know that if we had that same number of students outside with the same supervision ratio, there'd probably be all sorts of problems. But I think when you have that motivation uh, and to have that time to explore new mediums and new tools and new materials, it really encourages students to take responsibility for their own behavior, to use their time wisely, to take responsibility for setup and cleanup. Um, you know, my students know if you take advantage of the stuff one day, don't come back tomorrow and expect those materials to be available. They're going to get put away for a little while and we're going to talk about them before they come out again. So, you know, I think just by nature of the setup of the space, the avail availability of materials, we have some students who are allowed to come to Makerspace every day that there is Makerspace because it might keep them out of trouble, you know, if they went outside. It might keep them from avoiding another type of conflict so they come and they work you know independently on something or they work with me on something or they work with a, a group of students that they m mightn't have the opportunity to socialize with if they were outside yeah so, that's true i can see that you know it's someone who's busy making something is not yeah it's kind doing of doing something else here of itself the classroom management does like i find the biggest piece yeah. of it is um convincing them that they have to leave that, you know, okay, guys, <laughs> it, it's my lunch now. It's your lunch now. So you have to leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you do have to eat at some point. In time yeah. During the but like, you know, I don't have um, huge classroom management issues in the library. And I think it's just the nature of the space that there is that freedom to learn in their own way. So I think that takes care of a lot of it. And I think that's, you know, the aim of tying the social emotional piece in is that if we can start to transfer this same mindset for maker uh, education into the classrooms, that we can start to take care of a lot of it there as well. Yeah, that's a great point, actually. Um, do you have any other tips or techniques you'd like to share with anyone listening? Um, you know, I think for anyone who's getting started with a maker space in their library, I would say to start small, but just be prepared for it to get big really quickly because you're going to see the next cool thing and you're going to want to give it a try and you're going to want to let your students give it a try <laughs> and like have a plan, but expect that plan to change and just embrace the change. Be prepared to learn alongside your students and learn from them at the same time. Uh, you know, if I only had in Makerspace things that I knew how to do, I would be really limited. But when I say, hey, I don't know how to crochet, but I'd like to know how, and we sit and we watch a YouTube video together, the students are probably going to surpass me because they're just going to run with it. <laughs> but, you know, it gives, and it gives them the confidence to say, oh, you know, my teacher's not an expert on everything and she's still learning and I can learn. So I think, you know, just be prepared to be a learner in the maker culture as well, not just to be the teacher. Yes, it's definitely hard to expect someone else to learn when you are unwilling to yeah to learn yourself. So, so I think you just need to to embrace that aspect of it as well. Yeah, and it does. It just keeps changing. Like it's not none of it staying still. No, 
There's always a lot of stuff. Happening. Well, and like sometimes they come in and they ask, can we get whatever? And I'm like, I don't even know what that is. I need to Google it. I'm old. <laughs> like we can probably get it, but you have to show it to me. Um, yes. Well, what is it you're talking about? And what is it right? for? Like they, you, you know, no idea. They want to make these little miniature thing. I'm like, I don't know what that is. Where do you buy it? <laughs> yeah, we'll get it. But <laughs> what is it? So, yeah, I think, you know, just em- embracing the idea that you don't know it all and you can keep learning. Um, you know, just to set you up for success in a makerspace. Yeah, that's a great piece of advice. All right. Uh, so if anyone wants to get in touch with you online, what's the, uh, to follow your adventures with tech in the library commons? Um, um, how would they do they that? They can follow me on Twitter. So on Twitter, I am Miss Mel TL. Or you can visit our virtual library learning commons, which you can find a link to under our staff listing on our school website. And that is stsnl.ca. Well, uh, thanks, Melanie. That was great. Um, uh, it was great chatting with you or talking about it. Um, so for the audience, if you'd like to be the next guest on Let's Tech About It to share your adventures in tech like Melanie did today, please get in touch. All right. Thanks, Michael. Thank you to our listeners. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to tune in next time when we tech about it again. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook by searching Tessic, T-E-S-I-C, and on our website, tessic.ca.